Brittany Foster. Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O, morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. Good Monday morning. I don't know. I'm still waking up. Caleb Henry, <laughs> I, I got Doug Fitzgerald in the studio, Mark Vale in the KLIN newsroom. Jack is gone this week. Some well-earned vacation time. He's headed down south. He has promised to bring back barrels and barrels of oil for us <laughs> to help alleviate gas prices a little bit. Whew. That daylight saving time, that is going to hit me for a few days. And I feel like it also hits different. Now that I have a toddler who is trying to figure out what the heck is happening. It doesn't happen with kids, nor dogs, <laughs> nor cats. They don't care. By the way, though, it is National Napping Day, which is always the Monday after daylight saving time. Saving. In. No no second S. Yep. Not only does the observance encourage a nap, this reminds us there's no shame in taking one either. And I... I feel one coming on, too. No, I like those naps. Now, our our dogs were okay yesterday. I'm sure they'll probably let us know today if they're not. But, man, Millie, <laughs> we are so routine. Like, lunch is at or relatively close to 1130. Dinner is at or relatively close to 530. It's not at 630. It's not at 430. So as soon as you go and change an hour on where everything is, <laughs> nap time feels different. Dinner time feels different. Yes, last night was a struggle. <laughs> how long is it going to take you to recoup? Me or her? Me, it's going to take like all week. I don't know how long it's going to take her. She'll she'll figure it out. I uh, got a good show for you guys. They had fantastic uh, weather yesterday, and um, that that was one of the the nice things about getting out and about. Doug and I will talk about that in a little bit as well. But uh, we got your sound off uh, in about twenty twenty five minutes coming up here. We're going to have Matt Coatney. Break down the women's basketball tournament. Huskers in as an eight seed. They'll take on Gonzaga on Friday. Got your five things you're talking about with the morning drive. Tim Haruza in at 810 and then Dirk Chatelain at 835. Mark, how about that weather yesterday? Pretty nice. Pretty nice. There was a, there was a lot of folks. They it, were it, they were filling up the uh, dog parks. They were oh, filling up the uh, car washes. Holmes Lake dog park parking was absolutely crazy yesterday afternoon. Uh, there yeah. were there were people that were having to they'd pull in and have to back out onto seventieth. Uh, <laughs> Megan took uh, one of our dogs there and said she was almost going to leave, but someone was leaving right when she got there. So she got a really close parking spot. Otherwise, she was going to have yeah, to was. just give up and, on and it. And I think all of those uh, dog parks. But yeah, it was beautiful. Uh, it stayed cooler a little longer than I think we expected it. It was pretty chilly even late morning, but mm-hmm. uh, it warmed up very, very nicely. We yeah. went for a walk at 6.30 last night. 6.30. And it was, it was bright, light. bright lights. It was warm. A little breeze, but... It's we opened crazy. the we opened the windows back up when we went to bed last night. Yeah. It was nice. Yeah. had the windows in the newsroom open this morning. <laughs> Well, I haven't I haven't heard anyone doing burnouts on O Street yet. So. I closed it here just because okay. <laughs> I didn't want you to be upset about it. So, uh, Mark, what's going? What else is going on in news this morning? Well, probably the weekend? biggest thing the the international stage. What's going on in uh, Ukraine? An American journalist was killed, uh, shot in a vehicle that was uh, headed for that uh, area where the uh, 
close to the Polish border, interviewing them. There was also um, an attack on a train that was carrying mostly children. So we're going to be getting more details, although they are having some peace talks uh, probably as we speak right now. Locally, uh, the concealed carry moved a step further in the uh, unicameral. Mm-hmm. It, it cleared the first round on Friday. Other than that, a fairly quiet weekend. LPD working a, a did work an overnight incident uh, right by the Bryan East campus, about 52nd and A. Uh, we're still trying to get details on, okay. on what happened over there. But uh, uh, other reports show, uh, I think it's one person in custody after a traffic accident and then kind of a standoff. So, As I understand it, that concealed carry was getting a little bit of pushback. And oh, yeah. It, 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 it still moved through, obviously. It, it got it. It was heated debate, to say the least. I, I was wrapped up in other events and I had to drive Friday afternoon, so didn't hear it all. But uh, it was pretty... Uh, Pretty intense debate. Mm-hmm. What did Senator Brewer did he he said he apologized or something because he got pretty heated on the floor? But what the, do you know what that was about? I don't. I don't. Yep. Um, going to continue to follow that one. Obviously, there, Doug. We have not had you in on the morning show for a little bit. <laughs> it's been obviously, a while. obviously, you're on one one shot one life. How have you been? Good. Good. Things are great. It's been a it's been a busy few weeks, but um, had a great opportunity to judge the Miss Nebraska USA pageant. Yeah, uh, a little over a week ago, um, and it was awesome. It Mark, was, have you ever judged a beauty pageant uh, or a pageant? Not a beauty pageant. There's a lot more to it. I apologize. I someone will probably text in about that. Especially with my ag background. Yes, really. I, had, <laughs> I did one year. Um, I was a judge on the Minnesota pork uh, board. Uh, representative i'll call it they called it the pork queen at that time but and then went on and actually emceed the national concert uh event okay wow that was years and years and years ago what were the criteria you judged on oh it was uh industry knowledge ability to get the word across because they're really ambassadors for the industry Mm -hmm. so that's that was the primary and, the, and family. how much pork knowledge did you talk at the uh at your deal doug <laughs> not much pork knowledge <laughs> not much I, but- I will tell you one thing i i have learned uh when i was growing up uh that little you know when the little piggy went to market i thought he was going to the grocery store to yeah. buy groceries <laughs> <laughs> no yeah he was just going he's he had some groceries to pick up he was gonna you know maybe check out the the beer bring a little something back for the weekend nope no, nope. nope. he's going to market. Nope. <laughs> you know, I grew up on a hog farm. You did? Yeah, I did. In Nebraska? Yeah, we yeah, and outside of Albion. We uh, raised 1,500 head of hog all the time, running them through. Barrow to finish? So, Operation? Yeah. Uh, well, or, we or had, there was another facility that my dad was a part of where, you know, where they had the they little, did the they had the little piggies, <laughs> and then uh, we'd get the little piggies, and then we'd, yeah, yep. raise them and send them it's to market. Feeder pigs, and then to market. We we were reminiscing yesterday, my brother and my dad and I, about working on the farm uh-huh. and all the funny things that happen when you're getting frustrated with each other and dealing with all that kind of stuff. I fell face first one time right into a whole pit of hog manure, and uh, it's little little things like that where you'd laugh now, but it wasn't funny then. So. It does explain a few things. <laughs> yeah, it does. It does. I wouldn't be laughing even right now. I'd be like, nope, wasn't funny then, and it's not funny now. But as long as it didn't happen to me, heck yeah, that's pretty funny. <laughs> it, it was. Were you in a, in, in a full pit, or where, was it just uh, in pen? Oh, Mark, it's a long story. Okay. It's, uh, let's it, not get it, into let's, it. Let's just say there was a bunch of 
pig crap, and yeah, yeah. I fell face first into <laughs> it. So, <laughs> wow, that's well, one way to start a Monday. Uh, go. We're gonna have a Munch Madness update coming up here in about ten minutes. Any, any uh, real surprises? I wouldn't say there was real anything real big surprise on on Friday's results, um, where we'll wrap up the first round. Now, obviously, there were several oh. surprises throughout the first round. Don't don't you don't have to go over that with me. Well, I'm, well, I'm, I'm still in mourning. Well, I don't know what you're talking about. Because, yes, you do. Because there were. Let's see. Is the Northwest region where we're into the second round today? We'll give you uh, those matchups coming up here in a little bit, but there weren't really. Big, big upsets in that Northwest region, in the Southwest region. Mary Ellen's over Lee's. That's, I mean, there are some people that would say they, they like the chicken at Mary Ellen's better, but it was a 12 over a 5. Hacienda Real over Piedmont Bistro. That was a 13 over a 4. Um, as you continue down through those, obviously you got to Misty's surviving boxcar barbecue by three total votes. That was a big one. Taco in knocking out HF Crave. Yeah. Um, that, that one really surprised me. That, that one hurt a few people's brackets. Um, that one hurt some folks. Also, uh, Tico's over Super Taco. Although Tico's was a four seed in, in Super Taco, the 13, there were a number of folks thought Super Taco was going to be able to take that one. Um, La Paz over Cooks. That was still a six over an 11. Soulful Cocina. Um, as you talk, Soulful Cocina, Hallam Steakhouse, and Genoa Food Co. were all really big on Selection Friday. Oh, and blew up the text and, and all three of them fell in the first round. Not a one of them moved on. So there, there's something to be said about the momentum that you can try to carry over into the, the bracket, into the tournament, but also that didn't really carry over this year. So trying to manage folks' expectations when you fill out your brackets can tell you there was a lot of people in this building that <laughs> took some of that, those expectations, and those did not come to fruition. Um, there was also Norms on 48th over Momo. Um, moving past that. <laughs> how how are you dealing with this right now? Is it just more wine? Is it because we've got the second round, we've got the sweet 16, the savory 16, the eat eight, the final fork and the championship all still to go and your Momo is out. I might be back to being able to, well, never mind. Okay, good. Just move on. <laughs> it's a lonely um, place for more. So today we will give you the, the results for if you are waiting to see if press box, chopsticks, fireworks, Vicks, Penelope's, Arden Soul Venue, or Metal Grill moved on. We will have those results coming up. Today's matchups, as uh, we'll talk about, Laszlo's against Big Red, Lead Belly against Vincenzo's. So you, you, we're starting to, to narrow it down a little bit into the second round on all of this. And like I said earlier, we will have Matt Coatney coming up at 7-10. Husker Women's Hoops are into the into the NCAA tournament for the first time since 2018. Matt was hosting a pep rally, the watch party at Pinnacle Bank Arena. It looked like about 1,000 people were there. Um, I wasn't able to make it, but man, that looked like a good... Did you guys happen to see any of the stuff on social media for it? I saw it on social media. I saw the video. It was fun to watch them dancing around and having a good time and enjoying the moment. They were very excited. Although, when I watched the the watch party, 
uh, or the the selection show, and they go to the teams when when they're announced. Right. That Pinnacle Bank Arena is running some kind of 2005 internet connection because <laughs> it all got blurry right away, and they were like the only team through the whole thing to not have even a semi-clear connection. Mm-hmm. And as someone who's gone and worked at Pinnacle Bank Arena a few times covering games, I can verify that the internet is not always <laughs> the strongest connection. Um, maybe that's the next survey that goes out from Trev Alberts, although obviously they, it's a, a partnership with having the teams at Pinnacle Bank Arena. Maybe upgrading that Wi-Fi there for Husker events would be a little... If the entire nation's going to be watching your team going into the, the selection. It's the same way at Memorial Stadium, though. Right. Well, at, for, for the general public, at least. Yeah, for the yeah. general public. If you want to upload a picture, you might just as well wait until you get home. That's right. Well, I can tell you that the, the press one sometimes happens to be a, a little bit hit and miss, depending on how many folks are there. And you had the, uh, you had the state basketball tournament wrap up on, on Saturday where you had. I think it was like a hundred games or something over the course of the week, Monday through Saturday. That was just incredible. And think about the, the week that Pinnacle Bank Arena had where you went from the Big Ten Wrestling Championships into a six day marathon of high school basketball. And then you had the watch party yesterday for the selection show. Busy place. Busy, busy. And they should, they should put revolving doors on there. I'm sure they can find a way. (laughs) We are going to get into your sports and your Much Madness results coming up. Sound off after the bottom of the hour where we will have news with Mark Vale as well as Fox News. It is 622. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends, 1499.3 KLIN. Want today's top news stories? Top Husker stories? You can get them sent straight to your inbox every afternoon. Just sign up for the daily for free at KLIN.com. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. This is Brittany Foster. A look at news from both inside and outside of Lincoln and conversation on how that news affects us here. It's time for the Sound Off on LNK Today. 638 in the capital city. Real quick before we get into that Sound Off, Doug Fitzgerald was audibly upset. Yes. Visibly upset. How could that have happened? I believe that was a press box beating chopsticks, yes. right? Yeah, you well, you knocked out my my winner. Yeah, everybody just has knocked it out. Everyone has had something happen where it's either their <laughs> winner or someone in the final fork. 
And um, we were just at Chopsticks yesterday, <laughs> saw your nice poster in the window. I'm thinking it was almost like a sign from God, you right. know? And, and uh, you were feeling good when I told you oh, that yeah. with the, the brackets in-house. Of course. You were sitting second overall. <laughs> so, you're like, oh, things must be going all I right. Know. And they I are. I thought for sure it was a shoe-in. Number two. Then you lose your champion yep. in round one. I know. Um, All right. And we'll have those results uh, bottom of every hour, 7 o'clock, 8 o'clock as well. But just again, press box, fireworks, Penelope's, and venue move on today. Voting for Laszlo's against Big Red, Led Belly against Vincenzo's. Tomorrow it is Toast against Virginia's, Helia against The Oven. Wednesday, Muchachos takes on Highway Diner, Mary Ellen's against Hacienda Real. Thursday, Paisano's against Billy's Restaurant, 9 South Char Grill against Green Gateau. And then to wrap out the week, Friday, Misty's against Fat Jack's Taco Inn against Tico's. And then that'll get us into next week where you'll have all of the other voting for La Paz against Isles, Engine House against Honest Aves, Norms against Stoffers, Denton, Daily Double against Cactus, and then Press Box against Fireworks and Penelope's against Venue. So... How are you feeling about the bracket? Round one is done all the way through. We've well, got blew it for me. We're down to thirty-two <laughs> restaurants already. Thirty-two <laughs> I restaurants. I know. I I'm, I tell you what, I'm still sitting good. You know, I'm feeling <laughs> good about it. Um, and I'm shocked. You know, this is my first time. Yeah. You know, I've been here a little less than a year, so um, to go through this has been really fun. It's been here's what's been here's what's been fun. You go around town. And now everywhere I go, I'm seeing your mug. You know, it's like, <laughs> hey, I walk into this restaurant. There's there, Caleb. There's there some other. There's people Mark. There's some other people that there's have Jack. maybe uh, different different ideas about <laughs> seeing me everywhere too. Uh, but there's so we're down down to 32, and obviously some folks like Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante and HF Crave being out. Um, those that big ones. Th- th- those are some heavy hitters, but you still have some heavy hitters still in the bracket. Laszlo's was in the final fork last year, and then they're still alive. Muchachos won the whole thing. Yep, they're still in it. Misty survived Boxcar by three total votes. Does that turn into a run? Isles seems to do pretty well. Engine House has done well before. Can Norms take some of their momentum and carry it <laughs> forward? Um. The Oven, Hell Yeah, Toast, Mary Ellen's. There's just a lot of, there's all quality places, but just when you look at the bracket and how they've done in the past, there are a lot of still big hitters left among these 32. I broke my bracket up into two categories. Left side is the shoe-ins. The right (laughs) side is my sleepers. And so I've got, you know, that's, well, that's why I went for chopsticks. But Taco Inn, here's the thing about Taco Inn. They've got a little underground, man. Yeah. There's a little culture there. Yeah. I don't know. I've got them. I had them in the final four, but Chopsticks was my go-to. Yeah. So. Well, oh, well, you, you can go fun. vote at KLIN.com. We are into that second round of voting. If your team is out, don't forget that you can go ahead and make a donation to the Ride United program as we are partnering with the United Way to raise money for those that are food insecure. You have got uh, folks that are donating their time to deliver this food. You make the donation in the name of one of the restaurants. They can still be in the field. They can be out of the field already, already eliminated. And whoever has the most money donated in their name to the Ride United program, they will get an ad 
campaign and ad package from us here at Broadcast House. So there's still a way to be in the bracket, even if you are one of the 32 that is out right now. now you know, Johnny Cadillac, you had him on last week, right? And he's mm-hmm. been going around eating. He told me last night he ate at his 22nd I know. restaurant so far. We'll have him on again next week to get an update on, <laughs> on how things are going, because I think he was just... So he's added five... Five or six since he was in with us this last week. Uh, Let's dive into the sound off. Got a few things here. Um, Obviously, one of them that's right at the top of everything is Ukraine and Russia. And it sounds like officials are trying to engage in another round of talks. Those might actually be going on right now. But here's the latest. Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky says he's instructed officials to try and broker a meeting between him and Russia's leader Vladimir Putin. Zelensky said arranging those talks would be difficult but necessary. In his latest video message he also stepped up his calls for a NATO no-fly zone after Russia struck a military base close to the border with Poland. Zelensky said if you don't, Russian missiles will eventually fall in NATO countries. In London, Simon Owen, Fox News. I know talks last time did not exactly go anywhere. They were were done pretty quick and nothing got solved with them. Um, You're trying to have the um, the humanitarian highways to get to Poland, get to some other places. You're seeing those areas bombed. Um, so talks have got to figure something out, but you also have to understand who you're trying to have talks with. It, it, <laughs> is Russia going to go in um, with with any idea that they're going to give you something? And I just don't think they are. No. You want something to come from the talks, but you have to understand who you're dealing with. You and know, Vladimir Putin isn't going to give anything. No, you know, we had, I interviewed Senator Fisher on drive time the day, well, it was a couple hours before the bombing started. Mm-hmm. And so she sits on the um, Senate Armed Services Committee. Right. And um, we just asked her, like, share with us what really is going on. And from their perspective of understanding is he's there to dominate. Uh, and, and it's more than just resources it's more than just land it is a whole ideology mm-hmm. you know of we're going to dominate and, and control a specific amount of country and for certain reasons whether it's religious or personal or whatever it is where you know however deep that goes and so when you talk about talks i mean you know will they work what are you negotiating right if it's just your desire to dominate back and here so, Back here at home, we were already seeing gas prices go up. Obviously, what's happening uh, in Ukraine, that's continuing to to see those rise. President Joe Biden is expected to give some remarks on the economy as gas prices continue uh, to increase nationwide. President Biden will make these remarks at the National League of Cities Congressional City Conference here in Washington. So there will be a room full of local government leaders from around the country who have to return back to their communities and they want to bring with them answers about the economy because a lot of Americans are struggling right now. The nationwide average for a gallon of gas is just under $4.33. It hit $4.33 on Friday, setting a record high according to AAA. The price of a barrel of oil now $110.45. What's really interesting about those, what the the price of a barrel of oil is and how that relates to gas prices is think about where things were a few years ago, even you go back to 2008 where the price, it doesn't always line up one to one. Just <laughs> right. because the price of, of oil is, she said, 110 um, per barrel, and then say today that means it's three ninety six a gallon is is what you're seeing in some places. 
five years ago, it could have been $110 for a barrel of oil and gas price was two ninety six. Right. Like it doesn't always end up works. being one to one. So, um, and then, yeah, there, there was a time as Steven points out that <laughs> companies were almost paying you to take their barrels of oil. Well, remember that it was in 2020 <laughs> and the price of a barrel of oil was negative $40. Remember mm-hmm. that? So they're that, paying you 40 like, bucks hey, to take I'll, it. I'll, I'll take come it. take this. <laughs> That's right. Um, but here's the thing is right now you're seeing all that production ramp way up and part of that and, and why you're seeing the supply being a little bit lower than maybe what you'd want is because everyone had to back off production in 2020 because you did not have the demand that was there. And um, actually uh, the president supposed as he announced during his state of the union address earlier this month, U S would be stopping all imports of Russian oil. That's not exactly that much, uh, but they were also reportedly looking to other countries specifically some countries like Iran, Saudi Arabia, and Venezuela to help increase that production. There are some folks in Congress not happy about looking to those three especially. 2% of uh, petroleum or oil that we have in this country uh, is from Russian sources. That's not going to make a difference. Uh, The fact is uh, we should not be looking to dictators to replace the oil that we have right here in the United States. Uh, that was uh, Minnesota Republican Congressman Tom Emmer there. But, yeah, you, you go through it, 2%. It, it's not a lot overall, but when you think about how much gas and oil is used across the, the country, 2% is kind of a, still a big deal here. they got to make it up. You yeah. Know? And, and, it's, and they want to push the uh, electric cars, mm-hmm. which they're finding out it actually costs you more to run those you know, electric cars to generate that energy. Mm-hmm. Than oil itself. Well, and, so and, it's and, and as I just said, you're trying to ramp up the oil production from right, where you are in the 2020 levels. Yeah, which hasn't been hasn't been there. So it seems like, by the way, Doug, every time that you're in here, we're talking something <laughs> about masks. Oh, boy, cause, that's cause, true. Because th- think about when you were in, we're talking, is LPS going to continue to have masks? Where are the masks going to go? What's the next mask mandate going to look like? Um, well, some places in the country have still been dealing with this, but there are more schools that are expected to be, especially in these large cities, dropping their mask mandates today. Students in Chicago, Baltimore, and Portland schools will no longer be required to wear a face covering. Starting today, Chicago Public Schools has ended its mask mandate for students and staff allowing them to choose whether or not they want to wear one. Baltimore City Public Schools optional masking begins today with a few exceptions, including for those who develop COVID-like symptoms at school. Portland, Oregon's largest public school district is also going mask optional, with other cities expected to follow suit. Seattle Public Schools announced earlier this month they'd be dropping the mandate today as well. Tanya J. Powers, Fox News. And as we know, there's not one here. My brother works at a school in Omaha, Mm -hmm. and they still are required to wear masks. Yeah? Yep. Wow. It shocked me yesterday when we were talking. He works at Boys Town. Okay. They still have a mandate uh, there. Um, But it's the only one that I know of around. Yeah, I I don't know of any. I didn't either. And he told us that yesterday. I was like, really? Hmm. Still. So. Um, we talked, uh, last week, just mentioned it as it came down because we were all excited that it didn't take a full 100 days, took only 99 days, uh, for Major League Baseball to end its lockout, come to a new agreement. Well, here are some of those details on the new collective bargaining agreement with Major League Baseball. The new deal incorporates 26 amendments to the contract and baseball rules, which includes raising the luxury tax to $230 million in 2022 and then to two hundred and forty. 
$44 million over the course of the five-year agreement. The minimum player salary jumps to $700,000, and teams will now be placed in a lottery for the top six picks in the draft. Additionally, the MLB will see the playoffs expand from 10 teams to 12, and for the first time ever, teams will be allowed to sell ads on team uniforms and helmets. So... What do some of those things mean? The luxury tax going up for teams, that means teams can spend more money to go um, to go get players with before they get hit with a tax. Now, that's very good for the players because there's, there's more money out there that teams could be willing to spend. The lottery for the bottom six teams, that's to help with tanking because you can't just say, well, we're going to go lose all of these games so we can get some top mm. picks it might take a couple years to for for a guy to to get ready but if you get one of those top picks one of those guys that maybe it's a five tool guy that you're going to throw into the outfield and he's going to go hit as well maybe it's someone that's going to come in and just be your starting pitcher for several years those top picks still mean something not quite as able to do that if you're into the lottery and someone who finished fifth from the bottom is able to take that top pick away mm-hmm. from you and then obviously raising the the minimum salary that's good for players. And advertising on uniforms now Adver- that are going to be like NASCAR drivers out there. Advertising, yeah. So it's it's not going to go I don't think it's going to go full NASCAR. <laughs> um but you've already seen it with the NBA. And in and, and how many of us that are watching NBA are seeing it affect that much of the way we watch the game, right? Um cuz they've got the places on there where they've got the logo patches. I hardly notice it at all anymore. It's just another patch on the uniform. Hmm. You've got that going there. Sticking with sports, and by the way, <laughs> so that's baseball. We talked a little basketball there. NFL. <laughs> Did you hear this yesterday as it took over Selection Sunday? Tom Brady's back. Six weeks after announcing his retirement from the NFL, Brady says he's coming back after all. The 44-year-old Brady plans on returning to the gridiron with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Brady made the announcement on Twitter. He wrote, these past two months, I've realized my place is still on the field and not in the stands. That time will come. He ended the tweet with, unfinished business, LFG. Brady is a seven-time Super Bowl champ. He'll enter his 23rd season later this year. Bob Mortad. Fox News. Were you surprised by that? Not really. Didn't didn't Gronkowski? Didn't he allude to this? Like, and they kind of made it a big deal for a little bit a, little a few bit. weeks ago. Yeah, a little bit. I think what really happened, and I saw someone on Twitter say this, is that Brady went and he sat in the the school, the elementary school pickup line for six weeks and said, "No, <laughs> I'm not I would doing this. I would much rather just let dudes run me over than sit in this school pickup line." <laughs> There's so no true. way this is my life right now. <laughs> What'd you think? Were you surprised? I mean, I would have rather they made the announcement not on selection. <laughs> right. Like, do it on it Saturday. It was kind of a weird, yeah. Do it on Saturday. Don't do it at the time that right when all the selections are coming out. Like, you just got the men's selections out there. And they had to break, you have the breakaway to talk about Tom Brady a little bit. And then you have the women's selection show coming up. It's like, uh, just wait a little bit. <laughs> um, some sad news to pass along here. Uh, Academy Award winner William Hurt passed away. And this is um, like, sometimes you hear a name and you go, I don't know if I 100% recognize that right. name. But then you start to hear 
some of the work that that person did. And um, there are some folks, especially folks a little bit older than me. I'm only 31, but definitely recognize William Hurt. I recognize a little bit of his work as well. Hurt's family announced that he died peacefully from natural causes a week before his 72nd birthday. He had been fighting terminal prostate cancer, which spread to his bones. William Hurt rose to stardom in the 80s with the film's Body Heat, Broadcast News, and The Big Chill. So what do you think? If you'd been in touch with him, you could have saved his life? You have that kind of effect on the people in your life? You keep them all jolly, do you? And in 1986, Hurt accepted the Best Actor Oscar for Kiss of the Spider-Woman. I am very proud to be an actor. William Hurt is survived by four children. Roger Stern, Fox News. You seen any of those movies? I've seen a couple. I don't, you know, I know who he is, you know, and, and I can recognize who he is. Are you is, a fan of the, Mar- the, the Marvel movies? Yes. He was General Thaddeus Ross in several of the movies, hmm. um, including the, the, the latest one that he was in was Civil War. In 2016, where they have to go and they they, they put together the accords, right. he becomes kind of the bad guy in in all of that. He, fantastic performance. Once, once you start seeing him and what he's done, it's like, oh, that makes a lot yeah. of sense. Uh, speaking of movies, let's get an update on that weekend box office. In its second weekend of release, The Batman easily remains the number one movie in North American theaters. I'm vengeance. Warner Brothers blockbuster with 66 million in ticket sales. The video game adaptation Uncharted is number two on the weekend chart, selling $9.3 million worth of tickets. And BTS Permission to Dance on Stage Seoul, the one-day live broadcast of the popular boy band's first stage concert in South Korea since 2019, coming in third at the weekend box office with $6.8 million in ticket sales. Kathleen Maloney, Fox News. Have you seen The Batman yet? I have not. I, I have. I haven't. I still think I'm going to wait for it to to come out. If being that long, yeah, I'd like to just watch it at home. I did watch this weekend uh, the Adam Project um, on Netflix, and then and that's got Ryan Reynolds in it. And then I watched Pixar's new movie Turning Red. And how was that? Disney. I enjoyed both of those. Did you? I thoroughly enjoyed both of those. Here's the thing, though. I'm a guy, and I just went, oh, the movie's called Turning Red. It's Red Panda. Well, guess what? They talk about girl growing up stuff. Right. I was like, That's Wait what I minute. heard. I was like, that makes a ton of sense now. I completely understand that, but my brain doesn't initially go there because I don't deal with any of that. Anyway. Yeah, there you go. 656. You're a little red. KLI. <laughs> Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Spin your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records. KLIN. 713 in the capital city. Caleb Henry alongside Doug Fitzgerald this morning as Jack Mitchell is on vacation. Just figured he'd take the family driving across the country. Gas prices are just fine. 
<laughs> well, we'll probably get an update from him on all of that next Monday. But right now, biggest Husker news is that the NCAA tournament has Husker women's basketball dancing as an eight seed. And we welcome in voice of Nebraska women's basketball, Matt Coatney, this morning on LNK Today with Jack and Friends. Matt, how are you doing this Monday morning after Selection Sunday? Uh, I'm doing great. I know where I'm going to be living uh, my life the rest of the week <laughs> and uh, already dug into because some Gonzaga tape. So I'm doing great. And I got a cup of coffee and the sign uh, or the clock on the wall here at work is says six fifteen, so I need to get that correct. Yeah, I know all of the <laughs> clocks. That that is the big thing. It's like okay, now we're doing this. And as I was watching for when the selection shows were all going to come on yesterday, uh, the men's, then the women's. I kept looking at the clock. I was like, oh, I've got time. And then I went, oh, wait a minute, I don't have time. I have yeah. not updated those clocks at all. Um, women into the tournament as an eight seed. They will be taking on. Gonzaga headed to Louisville, so you guys will be off to Kentucky. Just what what were your initial thoughts when when you saw that seed come down? As we had to wait through three other regions just to get to Nebraska. Yeah, you know everybody had been asking me where I thought Nebraska was going to go, and this was a very strange tournament. One because of now the play in games with sixty eight teams to mirror the men's tournament, so it was a little more difficult and. Um, you know, there was a year then after the second set of uh, games was announced, meaning the, the first 14th, Jeff Grish and I looked at each other and said, we're going to Little Rock, and, and that was correct. I couldn't do that this year <laughs> for a number of reasons. One, once I saw DePaul was in the tournament, I said, throw everything out, uh-huh. because I didn't think there was any way DePaul would make the tournament. I, so I said, so they're, they're looking at other metrics. Every year, I think the tournament committee looks at other metrics. I think Nebraska's loss to Penn State late in the season uh, hurt them uh, in terms, I think it cost them a seed. I think um, Nebraska probably was a seven based mm-hmm. on what I see here, but with the G curve, meaning for geography, or the S curve, meaning to make the whole thing work, they probably moved them down to an eight. Um, so if Nebraska would have been a seven, that means they could have been a six. It surprised me a little bit. And in trying to figure out what that might have been, I would think maybe the Penn State lost late in the season. But uh, I think there were some teams that got in. Villanova getting in, I don't understand. I didn't think Missouri State would get in since they didn't even make the championship game of the Missouri Valley Conference Tournament. So the tournament selection committee really kind of surprised me with some things. Well, and this is... You've talked about in the past when we've looked at the AP rankings, it's not always even how you're doing it. You can carry a little bit if someone thinks you've got a good enough reputation. Right, and the tournament, boy, you've got that exactly right. People have asked me all years about the AP rankings, and the AP poll is more about what you've done historically than what you're actually doing right now. I've seen that literally for 30 years. I've seen that in the NCAA Tournament Selection Committee, my dear friend Cheryl Burnett, where I used to, to be uh, the radio guy at Southwest Missouri State, they were, you know, they were ranked 10th in the nation and they got sent to Rutgers as a uh, eight seed. You know, I mean, it, it, it's, I've, I've seen some really bizarre things, but it is what it is. Uh, Nebraska's in the tournament and uh, every team in the tournament is good, including this Gonzaga <laughs> team, so you got to play the next game in front of you. Right. Uh, before we look at the Zags, you hosted 
the the coat man party, the watch yeah. party. Um, it looked like a really good crowd on hand. I liked all of the pre pre production. Uh, Jessica Cootie interviewing a number of folks there. What what was the the vibe in the arena? What was the feeling? And, and how much fun was it just to have people all gathered together for a selection show where you know you're in the tournament? Yeah, it was uh, pure energy and a lot of fun, and it was just a big Husker party. And uh, it was, you know, Nebraska does things correctly. They had the big Red Express band there. They had the cheerleaders there. They had the Scarlets there. Uh, Herbie Husker was there. Chancellor Ronnie Green and his wife, Jean, were there. Trev Alberts spoke. The team was there. It's laid out correctly. The big screen is down. And the fans were just absolutely wonderful, making a lot of noise and so supportive. And the players hung around for 20 or 25 minutes afterwards signing autographs. Uh, I really liked what Nebraska did with it. And yeah, Jessica Cootie did a great job on that, um, on the videos. We did a Facebook live stream. She and Jeff Reese were over there um, doing that. So I, I, that's my wheelhouse, I think. It was a big <laughs> party, and, and I loved it. And I, I saw Trev Alberts playing some, some pickup basketball before everything got going. Does he have any kind of range and anything where you have to throw out a you betcha when he gets the ball in his hands? My evaluation when he was out there playing pickup basketball, and he was recruiting people to be on his team also <laughs> when he was doing that, is his shot's pretty flat. He shoots the three-pointer like a linebacker. <laughs> That's my evaluation. <laughs> the, the, those shoulders are, are not for the right sport when he's got a basketball in his hand. <laughs> kind of hard to be as loose as you need to be to get that shot to look like a swan. Right, know? yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Alright, so Friday, and we're still waiting on those, those official times to be announced, but uh, Friday, Nebraska will play again Zaga after most likely after Louisville plays Albany uh, in that one sixteen at least just the way the bracket looks I don't know I'm making stuff up as I go uh, but Nebraska and Gonzaga what what is your breakdown of the Bulldogs at least from from what you're able to know from the Western West Coast Conference champion Well they are a very quality team who is a perennial NCAA tournament team and um, Lisa Fortier has been a longtime member of that staff. She was an assistant coach under Kelly Graves for many, many years. Now, Kelly Graves is a great coach at Oregon, so she's a disciple of him. Uh, you know, they lost to BYU twice in uh, the regular season and beat them in the West Coast Conference Championship. So uh, what that tells you is Lisa Fortier, and I, I knew this even before the tournament, she could scout a team and know how to correct deficiencies. They play a two-post offense, and they mm-hmm. play a lot of high-low. And they will impress you with their rebounding. They've got over a plus 10 rebound margin, which tells you that they box out and uh, they make it a priority. They're multiple. They've got a couple of twins who play in the backcourt, the Trong sisters, who are uh, very, very good, wily uh, point guards. They've got a great three-point shooter transferred from Vanderbilt and Sierra Walker, who you've got to put one person on because if she's open, she's going to shoot it. And then Melody Kempton uh, around the post is a six foot one undersized post. But when I look at her footwork, she reminds me a lot of an Izzy Bourne type of player. Mm-hmm. You know, you think you ever defended that she drops steps around you and scores. Uh, she has, has had an exceptional season. So one of the things Nebraska has that's good against Gonzaga is they have multiple posts and they can come off the best, the bench with multiple posts. But Gonzaga is going to, going to try and get a good high-low game going. They're going to get post touches. And on defense, uh, they don't really play a lot of zone. They're primarily a man team. They'll switch, you know, one through three, one through four 
Um, with the with the post, you can't really switch on the guards, but they're gonna they're they're really good and they're being defense, but they are an exceptional rebounding. As soon as you said footwork, I knew you were gonna say Izzy Bourne. Right. As, yeah, as, exactly. Her 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 post footwork um from year one to right now, it seems like every offseason it just gets better and better. Um it, it sounds like offensively, although Nebraska doesn't quite go high low a whole lot, but they want those post touches and they've got three point shooter and they've got folks who do well in the post. It sounds a little bit like looking in the mirror on the offensive side of the ball for Nebraska. A little bit in terms of I think this is really a, a very even matchup, which the 8-9 game should be. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Gonzaga actually is undervalued here a little bit. I think they are, um, one, they're a very well-respected team. You know they're going to be in system. You know they're going to be right in the game. Mm-hmm. I think it's a very even game. It's like you're, you know, you're talking about looking in the mirror. Nebraska you know, obviously has great post game, uh, probably better three-point shooting than Gonzaga does. Uh, defensively, you know, I would say that uh, Gonzaga probably a step behind Nebraska defensively until you look at that rebounding. I think Nebraska wants to run and can be a little bit more of a transition team just because of the way that Gonzaga's post, um, they're, they're athletic. They're not necessarily speedy, I would say. They're quick, but they're not necessarily speedy. So I would say Nebraska would have a little bit of an advantage in transition game, but very even matchup, mm-hmm. no question about it. Last minute here with uh, Matt Coatney, voice of Nebraska women's basketball, as they are into the NCAA tournament, first time since 2018. So you've got Gonzaga Friday. Let's just look through the, the, the rest of this region real quick. You most likely, with a win, would get uh, top seed Louisville there. You've got the possibility of a Sweet 16 against Oregon or Tennessee. That Ducks matchup could be super fun for Chaz Shelley. Um, right. And then down the rest of the, the bracket, you've got the six seed BYU. The three seed Michigan sitting down there. Seven seed Ole Miss. Uh, South Dakota is down there as well. And then the two seed Baylor. What do you see from this region? Well, it's loaded, no question about it. But let's just start with Louisville. And I think longtime Husker fans will remember that Louisville is coached by Jeff Walls, who was an assistant here uh, and was here my first year with with the program under Paul Sandiford. And he's had a lot of success. Getting out of Louisville is going to be a monumental task. Uh, Louisville is going to be playing with a chip on their shoulder because they lost and got upset in the ACC tournament, and there was a big debate about whether they would be a one seed or if Baylor would be a one seed. Jeff Walls is going to have his team very, very skilled and ready ready to go with Haley Van Lift. And then if you look at the rest of that tournament uh, or, or that side of the bracket in Wichita, Tennessee is going to be a tough out for anybody. Oregon is is really, really an exceptional team, and they have come on uh, later in the season. They had a little bit of a lull during the kind of the co-ed pause everybody had. Tennessee is going to be a tough team. I actually thought Nebraska would have a chance to go play in their um, in, in their first round mm-hmm. that they would be hosting down there. So I'm kind of happy Nebraska didn't go there. So it's tough. Any any of those teams are tough. Well, let's just hope let's put everything right through this first weekend and turn Wichita into Lincoln South. That's close enough. Husker fans can really fill that place up. Yeah, you know, anytime I think about Wichita, I think about that great scene in um, the movie Planes, Trains, and Automobiles with Steve Martin and John Andy, where they say people train don't run out of Wichita. People <laughs> train run out of Stubville. So <laughs> I don't even think of Wichita, I think of Stubville. So 
Uh, if we get there, I'll be doing a lot of plane trains and automobiles drops on the radio. No, that that's perfect. We, we enjoy all of it, and uh, you, you can hear every one of those games through this tournament over on our sister station, B107.3, some of them sometimes here on KLIN as well. That's voice of Nebraska women's basketball, Matt Coatney. Matt, thanks so much for your time this morning. Let's all try to get adjusted to this uh, this hour forward and change our clocks. <laughs> all right, buddy. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. It is uh, 725, going to get another sports update in Munch Madness. A little bit chalky on Friday, but we got to know how everyone did. First round all the way done in that Munch Madness bracket. It's 726 on KLIN. Sign up for the daily at KLIN.com to get today's top local and Husker news sent straight to your email. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Spin your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records. 742 in the capital city and before we get into the morning drive i mark i have to show you this i don't know if you've seen this yet i have (laughs) but clearly a sign worked for norms on 48th in the first round as they defeated momo they said what was it say no no to momo vote for us well the vote for us remains on the marquee but if you happen to go past Norm's on 48th and you stop to see that marquee, you will see it say Munch Madness. We sell beer. Stoffers doesn't. Vote for us. <laughs> As next week, you will have the matchup of Norm's on 48th against Stoffers Cafe and Pie Shop. And Stoffers, if we remember last year, was my sponsor's exemption to get in solely because of their pies. So that is a, to me, that's the biggest matchup of round two. And speaking of pie, today is pie day. Oh, we'll get into that. Yeah, I know, but it so is. It, 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 that's, that's one of the numbers. I don't think it's number five, <laughs> but I'll hit the button anyway. Yep. Number five. Now, number five is Russia's military forces keeping up their campaign to capture Ukraine's capital and residents of other besieged cities holding out hope that renewed diplomatic talks might open the way for more civilians to evacuate or for emergency supplies to get in. Uh, Russian forces fired artillery in suburbs north and east of Kiev. Uh, They actually have video of a tank, a Russian tank, uh, shooting into an apartment building. Uh, And it looks like um, Ukrainian and Russian officials meeting today to discuss getting food, water, medicine, and other desperately needed supplies to cities and towns under fire. But the the one uh, rocket attack on that uh, airfield about 30 miles from Poland killed a bunch of people, injured a bunch, and that's getting awfully close to dragging NATO in. I mean, they're just really close to Poland, and that would change the dynamics. Uh, I, I mean... It's all out war then. Yeah, it's oh, so so as you're looking with, with all of that, you, you've seen the the humanitarian highways 
not exactly being respected. You've got the mark, like you said, the the tank just firing into an apartment building. You had everything else that happened all of last week. How do you have, have talks? You, you've got the, the war between these two countries. How do you go in with any kind of good faith with any of the talks? Yeah. That, that, that's just hard for me to wrap my mind around uh, when you're dealing with Vladimir Putin. I don't think there's any... There, there's no rhyme or reason. He's uh, obviously a very uh, disturbed leader of a country. He lies to his own people, mm-hmm. lies to his troops, lied to the world. He's now asking China to help support them. Uh, they're holding back. This is just, you know, pure, unadulterated aggression yeah. against a neighboring country, a sovereign nation. Mm-hmm. And and the fact that the world is helping the, uh, the people of Ukraine uh, and to a certain lesser extent supplying military aid, I think we should have done a lot more. A lot sooner in getting them the military aid that they needed. And I'm not just saying just the U.S. I'm saying all the NATO countries, right. all the European countries, because they're next on the list right. if this thing goes down. And because of that reasoning, uh, Mark, you've covered a, a lot of international events. You've gone a few more places internationally than some of us here in Lincoln. But what what is that, that step? What's the line that has to get crossed for more NATO countries to be more involved than what they are right now. I'm thinking, how do, how does the United States, when they what line do they see get crossed to say, yeah, now it's time to put some people over there? Well, I don't remember the exact, uh, which one of the um, numbers uh, in, in the NATO alliance, but if any NATO uh, country is attacked or has an attack on them of any type, NATO is there to support them. And that is, I mean, that brings everybody in. The North Atlantic Treaty Organization, if you attack one, you've attacked all. Mm-hmm. So that would bring out, I would assume, uh, NATO forces of all NATO members, and they would aggressively uh, defend their region. Now, whether or not those NATO forces would cross into Ukraine or not, I don't know. But they would right. certainly put up, uh, I would think, some defenses of their their own country. But that would probably be the reason for them to go ahead and go on into Ukraine. Um I, I've never been to Ukraine uh, and nor to Poland or any of those, but uh, all of those countries remember what it was like um, in the Cold War. Yeah, well, and, and they've got a, there, there's a physical memory in in a lot of those countries of the Cold War. There's a physical memory that you can see in some of the landscapes, some buildings that have not been fixed post World War II. Like, there are places that you can see from the last time there was a large, large conflict that took over the entire continent. And that's, I'm sure there's a lot of folks saying that's the last thing they want. How can you find a way to find a resolution here without getting to that point? I don't know, Doug, you're, you're a pretty good judge of uh, people and, and why people do things. Um, was Is this just pure nation building on Putin's part or, or I, what, what's his ultimate motivation? Well, it has to be because, well, number one, he's crazy, alright? Number two, um, this has been going on since the beginning of time and since they're a, a, you know, a superpower nation, now we get a, you know, we're seeing what actually has been going on forever in those, you know, that part of the world. And it's, it's appalling 
And at what point do we stop that? You know, the th- I think the thing that, that hit me the hardest is when you were looking at the mass graves, mm-hmm. which reminds you again of, you know, World War II and all the atrocities that happened then. And now you look at it, there's still a lot of unknowns, right? We look at cyber attacks. Oh, yeah. If, if that gets unleashed, and I haven't heard much about that over the weekend. Uh, Mark, maybe you have. No, I haven't. But uh, if, if anything like that gets unleashed... That crosses ba- all boundaries. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not just, you know, country boundaries at that point. It crosses all boundaries and can impact everybody in the world. Mm-hmm. And, and the, the, the misinformation that's going to the Russian people is, oh, is also appalling. I mean, they, they're, they're being told that, that uh, the Russians are being aggressed on right. and, and all of that. The and, one part that I really surprised is, is the cyber war that, and I'm sure it's underway. I'm sure it's, you know, full blazes right now. But I don't know how that's affecting individual countries yet. I mean, it's obvious that that, those attacks are going against Russia and China, uh, probably at an equal fervor. But it's a matter of who's the most successful. Is that what we're looking for? Well, you saw it. You talk about information and misinformation. I think didn't over the weekend they shut down, Russia shut down like YouTube, Twitter, uh, some of the other accounts there. Mm-hmm. So any of that communication can get in and out uh, is shut off, you know. So you're starting to look at per, both personally from a cyber standpoint and an Internet standpoint, but then also well, there's things we don't even know about that are happening behind the scenes. Well, it, as since we're talking about information and how everything's getting covered, that takes us to the next one. Number four. Uh, yeah, the uh, Soviets opened fire on a, a couple of vehicles. Uh, that included uh, journalists, including an American journalist, Brent Renaud. He was working for, I believe, Time. He was a, a well-known uh, videographer, uh, chronicling warfare. He's been around the world. Um, the Another journalist riding in the car was uh, interviewed last night in the hospital, and he said that they'd cleared, uh, like, two checkpoints, and we're just moving on to uh, do a story on refugees. And the Russian troops just opened fire, just riddled the vehicle. It looked uh, a little bit like the movie from Bonnie and Clyde. Oh, yeah, it's and that's one of the things that that we've talked about before is that the amount of information that we're able to get in real time, not waiting weeks, not waiting for um, you go to the movie theater and you see what's happening across the pond just to find out how the boys are doing over right. there. No, in real time, you can open up your phone right now. And you can see something that happened in the last five minutes in yep. Ukraine. Yep. That's incredible to me. Uh, but you've got these journalists that are over there trying to cover everything and make sure that the truth of what's happening, whether it's there in Ukraine, any of them that happen to, to get into to, to Russia, on here's how the information is being spread. You have those folks there trying to tell the truth. Right. Not everyone wants that to happen. And all those rules, you know, well, I don't know, rules of war. All those things are being broken at this point. Everything. And so at what point do you step in and stop? Because it's not going to... Nothing's stopping. And and to hear about the story about this journalist is heartbreaking. Because at what point... Like you said, Mark, I mean, information is being controlled, and that's one way of doing it. So. Uh, we do have some topics non-Ukraine as well. Yeah, we certainly do. Nebraska women's basketball off to the NCAA tournament. 15th time in history. 24 and 8 Huskers uh, carried a net ranking of 23 into last night's selection show, handed an 8 seed, and Nebraska will play number 9 seed Gonzaga Friday. Still waiting on that official time, but as you heard from uh, Matt Coatney earlier this hour, Gonzaga pretty good. 
on on offense. A little bit looking in the mirror, although they do not have the, the transition game that Nebraska has. And I think Nebraska might just be able to out-athlete the Bulldogs. Defensively, I think Nebraska is a little bit stouter. But because of where that seed falls, if they win, they'd have to take on the top seed in the region at their place at the, I believe, KFC Yum Center, which is like the dumbest name for an arena <laughs> ever. Um, but I'm excited for it. You are into the tournament. You have something to play for at this point in time for Husker women's basketball. How did you know, how, how do you feel in regards to the seed that they got? I thought it was bracket? too low. I thought yeah. it was too low. I thought they should have been a six or a seven. And I, I can look at some teams. I look at BYU, who's in their own region, who has two wins total on the course of, over the entirety of the year against ranked opponents. Nebraska has not only ranked wins, more ranked wins, but has three top ten victories on the season. And that's within your own region, a six to an eight. So uh, th- there was a lot in there. And, and Matt talked about how there were some teams that he just did not think should have been in the field, but they are. We'll have that up in the podcast after the show as well. I'd encourage folks to go back and listen to that because Matt Coatney just has a dearth of knowledge yeah, uh, across women's basketball. But I'm excited for it. That game will be on Friday, depending on the time. No matter what, it'll be on B107.3. Depending on the time, it might be here on KLIN as well. We're going to have to wait and see um, where that is at. And as soon as we know that time, we'll make sure to bring that to you. Number two. 40 days of retirement. Too relaxing for Tom Brady. He's back. Uh, he'll be at the Bucks uh, following the Super Bowl title uh, of the 2020 season, uh, the championships last season. Son, uh, he won six Super Bowls with the Patriots and, of course, then with the Bucks, and he's back. I don't know whether... <laughs> Did anybody see this coming? <laughs> no, his the the Major League Baseball lockout lasted longer than his retirement did. Yeah, <laughs> um, he spent too much time with his family. He said, "I'd rather be working out, getting ready for another season." Uh, and this is, at the end of the day, this is good for the sport of football, good for the NFL because they have a storyline, they have an icon, right. they have a star that they can put in front of all their promos that they can roll out there and say, okay, now it's his last. Now it's his last. Well, he might retire next year. They get all of that. For the rest of us, man, it can get annoying <laughs> hearing that over and over again. <laughs> How old is he? 44. 44. Uh, what what I hope doesn't happen, though, is that he goes out seriously injured. No, yeah, because he has he survived. He's more than survived. He is He's thrived. You know, even over these last couple of years, as, as he's here now into his mid-40s. I don't want to see just that that steep drop-off where things aren't going well or he does have to get carted off or it it ends because it gets taken away from him. It's not on his terms. Um, so those are those are things to see, and that goes for any athlete. Yep. I, I want uh, all all these guys and girls to go out on their terms um, as best they can. Let's wrap it up. Number one. It is National Pi Day on March fourteenth. First three digits of the mathematical constant three one four. This is actually Albert Einstein's birthday. Now, some math students um, were uh, surveyed by Brainly. Some things that uh, the students that actually like math, they were asked. Uh, how confident are they? Uh, do they know how to write the number pi? But they didn't. 53, 55% could identify the first five, actually. Uh, 34% of high school students who said they knew how to write pi chose the wrong option. Uh, 30.5% know that pi is defined as the radio of the circumference of a circle to the di- di- diameter as opposed to the ratio. 49% know that pi is an irrational number <laughs> and their uh, favorite pie flavor chocolate and apple 
You know how I know pie is an irrational number? Wow. You ever called your honey honey pie? No. <laughs> Have you? <laughs> And live to tell it. <laughs> I'm not that dumb. <laughs> that is your morning drive brought to you by Stonebridge Insurance and Wealth Management. We'll wrap up this hour. We got Tim Haruza and Dirk Chatlin in the 8 o'clock. That's all coming up next on KLIN. You're listening. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Just because Jack is gone doesn't mean we can't meet in the middle. Caleb Henry, Doug Fitzgerald, now joined by... Tim Haruza and man, Tim, we have already been talking a lot about this morning about just figuring out where the clocks are. Us all trying to wake up. <laughs> I said I'm I'm dealing with something different this year because I now have a toddler figuring out time change. When you are on a very routine schedule, and that schedule on the clock is different, but her body does not get that yet. You've got two under four. Uh, well, what what, what yeah. is that like in the Haruza household? Um. Here, here's the, it. You, this time it's weird. It's kind of backwards, right? So, um, rewind to when I didn't have kids. Spring forward felt like you were losing an hour of sleep, right? And then the the fall behind or whatever, you got to gain that hour of sleep. It kind of flips on its head right now with the toddlers, right? So we've sprung forward a little bit. They didn't want to get out of bed this morning. They're sleeping in, right? Uh, and and normally they're up and you know one of them's running down the hall at five thirty, five forty five in the morning, right? The the three year old. So um, it's a little bit backwards with kids in my mind. That's that's been my experience. When when the clock springs forward and you lose an hour of sleep, they go to bed a little bit later, but they also sleep in a little bit later. Um, with the fall behind thing, it's like no, they're it's <laughs> we're getting up earlier. Uh, it's a little bit harder. So I yeah, I, I am um, I'm I'm sorry to see you go through it, but also welcome to the party, <laughs> oh, brother. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and Doug's not dealing with this now. His kids are all grown. He, he hopes they're fine. He'd been right? through it. <laughs> yeah, daylight saving time. So. That's that's where we're at right now, and that's what we're going to kick things off uh, with in the legislature this morning. Interestingly, wow. how 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 convenient <laughs> is that? Hey, you guys all tired? You figured out where your clocks are? Here's this bill. Yeah. So, so where, where's it at? Are they trying to go permanent daylight saving time? Or are they trying to find somewhere in the middle? Because I know there's been a lot of folks that will just go 30 minutes or just do standard time, just do daylight. What is it? What is what is the bill that we're going to see today? Right. So we've had we've had iterations of this type of legislation for the last several years. Uh, there's a bill that gets introduced. Sometimes it's permanent daylight saving time. Sometimes it's permanent standard time. Um, there's the bill as introduced now, and it's, it will be debated this morning at 10 a.m. Um, 
first item on the 9 agenda. 9 a.m. for those of you that haven't changed your clocks yet. <laughs> or for those of you in uh, mountain daylight time, right? As a, uh, or, in or the western eight, part of our state. 8 a.m. for those of you in mountain time that haven't changed your clocks yet. You just figure it out, all right? <laughs> the advent of cell phones has to have, like, sorry, not to digress, but the advent of cell phones. Yes, that right? automatically update and, your time. And computers that are, like, just locked into what the time is yes. has really had to have saved a lot of headaches. That was the wildest thing to me, having a cell phone and driving across a time zone and seeing it change. Like, <laughs> as you waiting till you hit that new cell tower that <laughs> yes. switches the time. Um, yeah, the, the legislature's kicking off this morning with a bill. It's a carryover bill, so it was introduced last year. I think Senator Tom Breezy had it. Um, he is the chair of the, the General Affairs Committee. Uh, and, and he's been kind of championing this idea the last couple of years. Um, the, but the, the bill as it's introduced would adopt permanent daylight saving time, mm-hmm. right? So what we have now with our f- spring ahead that just took right. place, uh, but only if the federal government makes a change. So I don't know if you remember the conversation over the last several years, but yep. um, federal law allows you to do, it's, it's confusing if I remember this right, it'll allow you to accept standard time permanently, right? So I think that's what Arizona does yeah. or one of those states that's, you know, an outlier. You can, under federal law, accept standard time permanently. You cannot, under federal law, accept or adopt saving time permanently. <laughs> and so what 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 Nebraska would propose to do and is going to debate this morning is adopt a bill that would al- would say we will do standard time permanently if the feds ever change their law to allow it and three neighboring states also <laughs> opt in to permanent saving time. Okay, so a couple of things with that right away is the is Congress could go ahead and do that, but if Three neighboring states don't. Then, then Nebraska we doesn't. we keep doing our clock flip flop, or or right? the other yeah. way around. Let's say Iowa, South Dakota, Colorado all do, just to pick three states, but Congress doesn't. Then Nebraska doesn't. Right. So a, well, you can't. Even if those three do, yeah, they can't because, do it without Congress changing the law. Right. Right. So, right. So any state can, like, no state in the nation, I guess, without violating an act of Congress, could go to permanent saving time. Right. Um. So, I, you have to have both happen for us. What? I mean, what could? Yeah. I don't. End of the day, I don't know how this thing's gonna go. It is on the floor. Um. I was gonna see. I, I noticed there are. A number of senators who have added their names. Breezy introduced it. One, two, three. I mean, eh, let's just say quick eyeball without counting. Maybe close to 20 senators have co-sponsored the bill. Uh, okay. I, yeah, I, this kind of feels like it could get get some traction this year. It was, it was named a speaker priority, so speaker. the, the reason it's getting debate on the floor, um, Speaker Hilgers gets 25 speaker priority bills that he's designated. He picked this as one of them, right? Yeah. As one of the more important bills. It's LB 283. It'll be debated at 10 a.m. this morning if you want to tune into your Nebraska legislature <laughs> uh, and see whether or not we're... What's what's most clever about this, Caleb? And you made the point right away. The day after <laughs> the spring <laughs> saving every, time, everyone is tired. It's the people first are slept bill. In. So, uh, and, and how often does this happen? By the way, that you have the the bills come up to whether they pass or not on the if a certain something happens, if 
Congress passes this, then yeah. we'll do this. If so many neighboring states do this, we'll do that. That's an inter- that's a tough question. I mean, <laughs> not very often, to be honest with right. you. We have we have some weird stuff in in Nebraska law. Our constitution really uh, looks unfavorably upon delegating state actions to federal actors. Right? Uh-huh. Um, it's called a non delegation. Uh, provision in our constitution uh we typically don't punt to the feds or or say like look nebraska law will be what federal law is we are coupled to federal law when it comes to things like taxes and how you're doing some of those filings um that's pretty standard across states we still have to come in and make changes right so uh there's another example of a bill that's on the agenda today it's a consent calendar bill so one of those bills is non-controversial but every time we need to deal with illegal drugs or drugs that are FDA approved, mm-hmm. we have to make a state statute change. So even if the FDA comes in and says, look, this new pill to treat some medical condition is safe and effective, it, um, it's been through its trials and it's now approved, You, this, the legislature has to come in and change a bill so that doctors and pharmacists can prescribe that to uh-huh. patients. Mm-hmm. Um, same thing with making illegal drugs right so new fentanyls are created every day and get out on the streets in order for us to be able to throw people in jail for those we got to update our schedule so it does take an act of legislature because we don't just say in our statute Uh whatever dea and fda say we're going to make okay so there's one example we can't just delegate to the feds something like this where it's a kind of a springing um if the feds do this then is yeah. pretty rare we kind of saw every once in a while you see it like the the compact for the con- or the call for the convention of the right. states yeah. that advanced this last year or earlier this year i guess that takes multiple states acting before anything happens mm-hmm. um so it's a legislative resolution but works a little bit differently this one's kind of a unique one uh <laughs> where we're literally saying well if the feds do this we did it with sales taxes a couple years ago too uh-huh. right that was contingent upon a Supreme Court case, uh, if the court reverses its position in that South Dakota case that made internet sales tax illegal, um, <laughs> then Nebraska would start charging a sales tax. We passed that bill, and then you know several months later, the Supreme Court did reverse its its prior precedent, and now we collect sales tax on online sales. Oh, yeah. So. I, I answer that question when I fill out my taxes. Did I purchase anything online without paying sales tax? <laughs> you got, got to have all those questions now. Now you don't have to worry about it because you are like. Mo- I mean, unless right. you're unless you're doing something different, uh, most every major retailer on right, yeah. online is collecting it now and and has stuff in place. And you know what? The world hasn't fallen apart. Exactly. Either, hey, so. Do you know if anyone of the twenty names you said associated with this bill are are in contact with any congressional representatives for the state that they would immediately go and they want to introduce something to Congress to just carry that next step? As I understand it, and I think you'll learn about it later this morning, um, as I understand it, Congress is, there's a bill in to do okay, it, good. or to at least to at least allow states the option of opting into this sort of a deal, right? Um, <laughs> what is interesting, and I, I'd be interested to hear too, Senator Breezy or whomever speak today, we have this, if three neighboring states do it, what if if all of our other neighboring states say, well, only like who you got to have somebody do it first, yeah, right? So, so so, we, oh, oh, yeah, because what if every neighboring state, <laughs> every neighboring state the same thing and says three other neighboring <laughs> states, then no neighboring states can adopt it because they're all waiting for somebody else to do it. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't know how, how many other states have taken that approach where they tie it to what their neighboring states are doing. Obviously, there's some commerce value in tying right. it to what other states are doing and the whole 
Omaha Council Bluffs, like, you know, it's one hour difference there versus another. Um, you get some major uh, metropolitan issues maybe with, with commerce and business there when they're that close. But um, it'll be an interesting debate. I, I think this thing's going to advance at least on okay. general file today. Um, there's enough co-sponsors of it, and it's been around. It's been an idea people have been grappling with for a number of years. So expect that that conversation to move along. That is Tim Haruza, and I've got to tell you, that was a way more fun conversation than what we had off the air. We'll talk to you next week, Tim. It is uh, 824 Sports and another Munch Madness update coming up next on KLIN. Waking up the capital city with the help of Nitro Cold Brew Coffee from Broken Rail Beverage Company. This is 1499.3 KLIN. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Foster. He's a five-time Nebraska Sports Writer of the Year. He asks the tough questions. But most importantly, he occasionally retweets Jack Mitchell. It's the Omaha World Herald's Dirk Chatelain. Yes, and there is a whole lot going on in the world of sports. Um, and actually, before we bring Dirk on, I, we've got baseball tickets to give away because they are at home. Not for today, but for tomorrow's game against New Mexico State. So you can text in on the Rick Side Recognition Hotline, 402-479-1400. The NCAA basketball tournaments are going on this weekend. Yes, Husker women are in. Nebraska ball is not. But how many Nebraska products are competing in the men's tournament? Hmm. Text that in before the end of the show, and you'll be in to win two tickets to Husker Baseball against New Mexico State tomorrow. Um, that game could also be heard here. Dirk, welcome into uh, No Jack, but you, you know that answer, right? The number of Nebraska products that are going to be in March Madness? I think I do. I think I do. Yeah, that's... Uh, when you Here's the thing. This is always a fun, a fun road to go down. If Nebraska were to have just been made up by all of those guys, and we can give that number... That, that if people want to want to send that in, would would you you know that number? It's above a dozen, right? Yes. Uh, no, you're right, Caleb. I think about that all the time. It's like uh, <laughs> it's uh, you know, th- there's always this perception that there's not enough local talent to make it work. And and granted, you're never going to be able to get all those guys to say yes. But uh, even if you could get sixty percent of them to say yes. Uh, You'd have a really nice backbone for a for a basketball team, um, and at that point, you you sprinkle in a couple couple guys from from faraway places, and uh, and and you've got you've got not only a, a pretty talented team, but hopefully one that that cares a lot about Nebraska too. So, 
uh, I think about it probably more than I should. Yeah, I think a lot of us are, and we we will definitely think about that more this week when we're watching those tournament games. Um, women's basketball is set to go on Friday, and they've got three Nebraska products on the team. Who two of them were playing in the the state high school basketball tournament a year ago? What what were your thoughts on the the high school basketball tournament? Everyone at once, the ninety six teams all in Lincoln over six days. The, there was there was a lot going on this week here in the capital or this last week in the capital city. Yeah, I wonder if the uh, I wonder if the restaurants and bars are breathing yet. <laughs> uh, I I can't imagine what it was like to be to be a server uh, or a or a chef. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I think most of the feedback I got was that it was it was cool to do once, but uh, probably not again. I, I think there was. You know, just a, a little bit of confusion about who's playing when and what gender. Um, you know, I think having having games on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday was. Um, I think it. I think it hurt the crowd sizes a little bit. Um, you know, just looking around the arenas, you could tell that it wasn't quite the, the typical attendance. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so I think. You know, if there would have been a way, I think to maybe do a girls' day and then a boys' day and then a girls' day and then a boys' day, mm-hmm. uh, I, th- I think that might have gone a little bit better. I think the concern there was that, you know, that would make one probably the girls or the boys have to play all their championship games on Friday instead right. of Saturday. So there wasn't a perfect way to do it, um, but I thought as a one-year you know, sort of experiment because of the circumstances. Uh, I thought it was pretty cool. You know, you just, it, it brought, I think it brought people together uh, to watch that, that maybe wouldn't have ordinarily watched, you know, the other. Uh, so, so girls fans that, that might not ordinarily come to the boys tournament or boys, boys fans that might not ordinarily come to the girls tournament. So from that standpoint, I thought it was pretty cool. And there were some families like uh, specifically from Humphrey that just played every day. To just have yeah, had someone was, playing every single day all week. It was crazy. I mean that that Humphrey Lindsay Holy family story uh, is nuts. You know we we wrote about it before it happened, before they came down, and then both both teams ended up winning state championships. And you're right, they played it basically every other day. Or they did play every other day throughout the week. So, uh, or, you know, it was it was uh, I think it was Monday boys you know, Tuesday girls uh-huh. and, and all the way through Saturday. So they, they've got to be absolutely exhausted just, you know, mentally and spiritually after, after watching six games. Right. And and then because the, the, that town, although they're rivals, they support across town and Humphrey St. Francis girls made a, a return trip to the title. They ended up getting runner up and you had a, hus- a bunch of Husker women there because they're like, Oh, Allison Widener. Yeah. You played on that team last year. We'll come out with you. <laughs> I know. Pretty cool. <laughs> No, it, it's just the, the the connections to it. I think everybody can, you know, you saw Bryce McGowan's there, like watching uh, yep. on Thursday, watching Thursday as as Cale Jacobson from Ashland Greenwood scored forty three points, yeah. and I, I just think there's sort of a there's sort of a universalness to this whole thing. You know, kids, college kids, they want to watch it just because it, it kind of reminds them of what they, what they did themselves. And, Mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's so cool. It's such a universal experience. I mean, I wrote about it today, but you know, the, the Fort Calhoun coach 30 years ago, you know, he was, he was down there watching as, as a kid, 
Uh, and he watched TJ Pugh from, from Creighton Prep and thought to himself, man, I want to do this someday. And, and 30 years later, he's, he's leading Fort Calhoun, a school that hasn't been there since 1923. And they, <laughs> you know, they went on a last second shot against Wahoo. I mean, it's just the, the whole thing just replenishes itself over and over and over. Uh, and I think it, it just kind of draws you back just because, uh, those experiences are, they're always new, but they're always familiar too. No matter who you are or how many times you've been at state, just to say you beat Wahoo in Lincoln, that like that that's a big deal. They're doing on a last second shot the way they did. Um, Dirk, talk talking about those Huskers, and yeah, you saw Bryce. Um, you saw Derek Walker was there on one, I think Friday or Saturday, and then you had the girls team, the women's team that was there throughout the week. Because they had the week off, their conference tournament was already done. And, of course, you had Amy Williams, who was there watching her daughter Kennedy, that she wouldn't have been able to do if the girls' basketball tournament was the week before when the Big Ten tournament for women's basketball was going on. The Husker connection throughout the entire week was one of the coolest things to see and how much like Nebraska fans loved finding them and taking pictures and how much they obviously enjoyed it and just being part of the community. That was like I loved seeing that because it it's 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 a common place for Nebraskans to meet. It's it's your top university, top public university. I'm sorry, Creighton. Um, and it, like it's the in-state school. It's your state tournament. It's just all together for one big party for the week. Yeah, and it's funny because Amy Amy Williams was just you know living and dying with every possession. Uh, <laughs> she went full mom mode. She pulled out the camera. <laughs> I wonder. I wonder how many people were watching her. I mean, I was I was at the Fremont you know Southwest game mm-hmm. on wh- whatever night that was Friday. Friday, yeah. And uh, and I'm you know I was watching her intently, and I can't imagine how many other people in the <laughs> arena were watching her. Probably honestly, probably more people than than watch her during a Husker women's game, just because it was so. <laughs> It was so fascinating to watch. Um, so, you know, I really felt for her because, you know, she was she was living the mom experience instead of the coach experience. Yeah, it, it's so cool to see just the, the, the different way people are. Because obviously we, we know Amy Williams on the sideline. She's got the sparkly heels. Those things are going to put a dent in the floor. But then to see mom Amy Williams... Uh, and watch your daughter like that was that was exciting through all of that which by the way we do have the time for friday's game against gonzaga that will be at 230 central um in louisville we just saw that, way, that posted by matt coatney completely powerless too i mean she i i, I <laughs> she finally got to understand what it's like for us parents who have no control over what the, <laughs> over what the coach does right uh you you just want to grumble at something that the coach does and, and you have no power to do so so there's a lot uh, of great it, b-roll from from the local <laughs> television the the b-roll for all of those highlights is fantastic just see seeing her frustrated but there's nothing she can do about it she she is she is helpless with the rest of us no it's funny you know i've got a son in youth basketball and it's the worst feeling in the world because you you can't yell at the ref you can't <laughs> yell at the coach you can't yell at your kid uh, you just have to sit there and chew on your tongue, and and it was nice to see Amy have to go through that too. Think about that if you're one of those the the high school officials, and obviously you've got to be pretty good to get to the the state level, and they go through all the selection process. But you you make a call on a sideline, and you hear someone yell, "What was that?" And you look up, and it's Amy <laughs> Williams. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, 
show, and she's she's got two more years of that, by the way. Right? So this yeah. Was, uh, this was not the end of it. <laughs> um. So that that's a lot about right here. How, how many brackets have you filled out the the, the men's basketball brackets yet? Because because well, and we're we're gonna start getting those hot and heavy here in the next couple of days in the offices. Yeah, I've I've mentally filled one out. I haven't physically done it yet. Um, but it, it feels like. I mean, dare I say it, it, it kind of feels to me like a top-heavy year. I, I didn't find myself, you know, sending a, a number six seed to the Final Four like I sometimes do. So mm-hmm. maybe I'm getting conservative in my old age. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but no, it, it feels like a year where one of the top dogs is going to win it to me. Yeah, it's here's, here's where this year feels so different. One, everything got interrupted with Tom Brady's announcement. But oh two, God. I was so locked into where the women were going to go. I have not looked at a men's bracket yet, Dirk. Well, can we can we also talk about? And I'm sure you you've already discussed it, but uh, I feel bad for the women seating. I mean, that was, and I'm not yes. just saying this because Jack Mitchell went off about it. But, <laughs> uh, you know, in, in women's basketball, there's a real difference between getting a six seed and an eight seed mm-hmm. because. Because those one seeds are generally so strong, and you're having to play it, you know, in their in their home city. Right. Um, I, I just feel bad for the Huskers because I felt like they were good enough to probably be a six or a seven, mm-hmm. uh, and instead they have to, you know, they really have a tough task ahead of them. So, um, you know, it's it's a great opportunity to if you, if you do win two games, uh, everybody in the country is going to know about it. But <laughs> right. Um, but it is uh, it's a it's a really tough task. And Wichita's close enough that you can go fill that place when you do get to the the Sweet 16 round. But but you're you're right, Dirk, because when we were talking about where this team were in the potential, there was they had a couple of bad losses, and it was okay that eliminates Nebraska from being a host, and that's what we thought it was from just being a host. And then they go to the the Big Ten tournament and break records for three-pointers. They beat Michigan again to give them three big, three top 10 AP wins on the season. And then you think, okay, that's got to be good enough, but th- they don't get rewarded with, with being in that five, six, seven range, being in that eight. That's, that's a little painful to look at. Yeah, it was. And, and you know, I think Nebraska, um, they had a couple losses that, that I'm sure made the, the committee squirm a little bit. But on the other hand, they, I, I always look at this. This is my big thing with the NCAA tournament. Who did you beat? Right. Uh, you know, you have to show that you can beat great teams, I think. Um, you know, there's a lot of teams that can avoid bad losses. There's a lot, a lot of teams that can schedule, um, you know, schedule wisely and, and sort of, you know, build up their metrics by smart scheduling. But you, you've got to show that you can beat great teams. And, and that's what I thought, you know, Nebraska demonstrated uh, that should have rewarded them with a better seed. How sweet would this be? One, to get to the Sweet 16, um, because you've only been there a couple of times in program history, and obviously you would beat a one seed on the way there. But if Nebraska were to match up with Oregon, and you start to have the Jazz Shelley storyline, yeah, I'm not trying to give you like any more that you could write about this team, but Jazz Shelley v. Oregon in the NCAA tournament. <laughs> No, you're right, and it's uh, you start looking through that bracket, and and there's always you know half a dozen of those storylines that oh my gosh if they if they run up against that team, uh, and sometimes it's funny because you know people assume that that the committee has has 
sort of preordain those things uh, for maximum effect. <laughs> and, and I think the reality is there's just enough of those things out there, especially uh-huh. in today's transfer world, uh, that, that they just kind of happen um, organically. So uh, I think that one would be, would be pretty special. Uh, I thought there was a chance that Nebraska might play South Dakota in yes. the first round. Yes. Uh, I, I really did. I was looking at that, the, the seeds and the, and the brackets, and I think USD was a, was a 10. Uh, and I was like, man, Nebraska is going to have to play South Dakota. Uh, <laughs> uh, and, and of course that didn't come to pass, but, uh, but I think it'll be, uh, if they make a run, they're bound to run into somebody, you know, along the way that, right. that, that heightens the, uh, the attention. And in a different region, you have the possibility of our neighbors to the East playing a, a sci hot game in Greensboro. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> there are some folks in Iowa that that I've heard from that are really happy about that and some folks that are really mad that yeah. they're in the same region, let alone on the same half of a region. Yeah, it's it always sounds good if you're going to win the game, but if you're going to lose the game, it ruins <laughs> your season and you, and you never want to speak of it again. So uh, it's those are those are funny instances too. Right. Last one on, on the tournaments, and I'll let you get out of here, Dirk. How many points does Teddy Allen score on UConn? Well, you know, I, I actually I thought UConn was was vulnerable uh, as a five seed, and then you know I see that he's running up against that they're running up against a guy who who uh, is capable of scoring thirty or thirty five, and I'm <laughs> sure I'm sure he'll take enough shots to do so too. Uh, so you know, I think that might be a a trendy upset pick, right? Uh, Teddy Allen's got a lot of experience, and I don't imagine he's going to be very—he's going to be very scared of the moment. Uh, and he's got some teammates who are pretty good too. Right. So, wouldn't it be ironic uh, if if the nation is talking about Teddy Allen on, <laughs> on uh, whatever it is Thursday afternoon uh, because of of leading an upset? You know, it'd just be one more kick in the teeth for Nebraska. By the way, for for folks wanting the Husker baseball tickets tomorrow, Teddy's one of thirteen. Did I count that right? That's the number that I have, yes. All right, 13. If you text in 13 and that you want some Husker baseball tickets, 402-479-1400, um, we'll get you in for uh, for tomorrow's games. Hey, Dirk, Jack will be back next week. I'm sure nothing big will happen in sports this week that he'll want to talk about either. Uh, so thanks so much for your time this morning. All right, take care. Dirk Chatelain of the Omaha World Herald. We'll wrap up the show next on KLIN. Before you hit that drive time, stay alert with Nitro Cold Brew Coffee from Broken Rail Beverage Company. This is 1499.3 KLIN. Foster. You're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on 1499.3 KLIN. That'll do it for our Monday show. Had a few people text in, and guess what? We are going with Nancy for our winner for the New Mexico State tickets. Nancy, keep an eye on your phone. We will be getting your information. Plenty more tickets, a lot to give away this week as well. Doug's going to come back. to You're coming back tomorrow, right? right? Okay, he's coming back tomorrow. Um, That's it for us this morning, 9 o'clock on KLIN.